just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello! Everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Marcus Show, bro. I am your host, as always, Marcus. And this week, we have our first guest, our very first guest. Uh, I don't know if I would call her a special guest. Um, she is she is something else. Uh, it is my good friend. Are we good friends at this point? With a capital G, capital F. Yeah, really good friends. Uh, my friend, Aileen. Aileen, how are you today? I am fabulous. Thank you for having me here today, Marcus. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So Aileen is actually, uh, for those of you who don't know, my fiance, no big deal. Um, good and, friends. And uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and... Uh, Aileen is a huge fan of the NFL, and this week we actually have the NFL draft coming up. Um, and I don't think there's many things in this world that Al likes quite like the draft. Is that is that fair enough to say? I think that's. I think it's definitely up there. There's nothing like watching some college players get their dreams to come true. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Um, so I have Aileen on today. Uh, Al, I'll call her Al. I'm not going to call her Aileen the whole time. Um, but I have Al on today uh, as the first guest, and it was easy enough because I could just be like, hey, Al, we're going to do a podcast about the draft. And she was like, oh, OK, so um, but she she likes it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the draft in Cleveland, full disclosure. I said this last week, we, re- we record on Wednesdays. Um, so by the time this comes out, the first round's already done. And so we may either be really, really right out, or we could just be dead wrong. Um, this is, I mean, this might make or break the show if we either got it or we don't. So <laughs> I, I am thinking that the second episode in, uh, we, we could like hit it big. Um, if we just nail these predictions and if we get them wrong, we're going to be in a bad spot. That's um, what I mean. That's what I'm saying. This is make or break right here yeah. early on episode two. Um, so. I, I agree. Uh, Al actually um, wanted – she wanted us to go to the draft this year. It's in Cleveland. We live about, what, two and a half, three hours away from Cleveland? Yes, but I didn't realize it until the night before, so it's kind of late to make plans to go to the draft. That is true. That is true. I didn't know it was – I just found out today that it's free. Yeah, I thought we would have to buy tickets. Yeah, so we could have just driven to Cleveland um, if we, you know, didn't have real jobs or a life or anything like that. And gone. So, anyway uh, – also, one of the other things, I usually apologize if the dogs bark. Um, I'm not going to apologize to you. 
if the dogs start barking. So yeah, um, if if the dogs bark, uh, then you know we'll both hear it, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm not gonna apologize. Okay, that's fair. All right, at least we at least we know it won't be Finn. He doesn't bark anyway. No one. No, he's no, sleeping. <laughs> he's sleeping on the couch right now. Yeah, no, no one cares about the dogs. They want to hear the NFL no. draft stuff. Um, so a lot of this is gonna be uh quarterback heavy. Uh. The draft. Well, this draft is very quarterback heavy. It is. It is really quarterback heavy. The draft typically is pretty quarterback heavy, um, but it feels like this year more than ever, or maybe that's just every year. It feels like that. I think this year it's more, they're all going to go in the top like 10 or 15 versus, you know, when they, when, you know, Sam Darnold's year, when they all went in the top, you know, 30. Yeah. So do you think that, do you think all five top prospects go in the top, top 10? So right now we're looking at, Lawrence, right? Number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on. It looks like right now, we'll get back to it, Wilson number two mm-hmm. as a lock. Um, And then you have any kind of combination of Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Um, At three. Yeah. Um, And, and even throughout the top ten or, or, or the top five prospects. Um. So do you see that happening? Do you think they all go top 10? Well, I think we just, you know, just a couple hours ago, you had the Broncos trading for Teddy Bridgewater Mm -hmm. and they were there. They are currently sitting at nine. So they were a team heavily projected to take maybe whoever was left um, of those top five QBs. Um, And now that's probably not going to happen. I would assume since they traded for Teddy, um, unless they're going the Eagles route where they just want to, you know, duke it out so they could very well trade out of that spot and you could have somebody else trade in at nine like the washington football team um who will still need a a qb um with fits on a one-year deal so you could very easily see um see somebody trade into that top 10 i i've heard that the falcons uh are talking about trading out of four which is surprising i'm i'm shocked they don't want to get rid of maddie um but if the Falcons trade out a four, you could definitely see some. I mean, the, there's rumors that the Patriots want to trade up for Justin. Um, so I think it's a very real possibility that they all go in the top 10. Uh, top five might be pushing it because I don't think the Bengals are giving up their spot and they're definitely not drafting a QB. So I would go more top 10 versus top five. Yeah, for sure. I think for sure top five. I mean, if we saw five quarterbacks go in the top five, that would be bonkers. That would be insane. I don't think I know what people would do. No, I mean, even five quarterbacks in the top 10 is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I want to circle back to Justin Fields here in a second, but first off, I want to lead with this. Uh, I There are always there are always prospects that through the draft process from the end of the season to the actual draft kind of make big strides up in guys that fall. And one of the guys that has come up big time has been uh, Wilson from BYU. Um, do do you think what kind of the jet now we don't get paid to do this obviously uh but do you think the same as the jets think is it's it's trevor lawrence and then zach wilson and it's it's that easy to choose from because from what i'm hearing it's it's a stone cold lock he's number two no i think i think you're putting regardless of who the jets take it to i think you're putting them in the same predicament that sam darnold was put in um, even with different coaching now, you still have uh, a lack of weapons, lack of offensive line. Um, like they've they've 
beefed up their defense a little bit, but I still think that I don't know if it matters who you draft it to because there's not, I, unless you get somebody really good in the second round or you trade back into the first round or something, you're not giving yourself very many weapons for whatever star, uh, stud college quarterback to throw to. Um, I mean, it is a very wide receiver heavy draft, so you could definitely get, get some guys late for him. Um, or if you take, Somebody like Justin Fields at two, you could very easily get one of his receivers later um, that, you know, he's already used to throwing to and give him a little bit of a leg up. Um, but I think regardless of who they take it to, I think they're still going to be put in a sticky situation. I mean, who wants to play for the Jets? Yeah, I know. Same old Jets, right? The same old Jets. Same J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets, Jets. Jets. Um, yeah, I don't – I just – I saw Wilson play, and BYU was insanely good this year. They were a good team. I think, you know, the talent you play up against in college should matter. And he had one real tough game against Coastal Carolina, and he he kind of he, he crapped it out. Like, he, he – I mean – he... And you figure that was Coastal Carolina. That wasn't Ohio State. That wasn't Clemson. Yeah. That wasn't Alabama. That was Coastal Carolina. Yeah, or Notre Dame. You left out Notre Dame. Or Notre Dame. Yeah, remember Notre Dame made the – we can get it back on Notre Dame later. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, and so I think that should matter. Now, those that get paid to do this and the, and the draft analysts that look at it are like college numbers don't matter, college competition doesn't matter, you know, it's all about the mechanics and blah, blah, blah. I think that's BS. I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, you can look at Josh Allen. He's rolling now, but he didn't have good college competition. But it also took him a few years to get off the ground. So I think it's unrealistic to expect mm-hmm. them to be – pro bowlers next year yeah josh allen also physically is much like wilson's kind of well yeah they're not built the same i'm just thinking as far as like a college competition like a trey lance of different different competition compared to trevor and justin and even mac jones i think trey lance is an interesting one too because i think trey lance would you brought up carolina earlier i think being able for if he was able to get drafted by carolina um go there and sit you know, uh, behind for a couple of years. Um, who's old buddy they just got from the Jets? Darnold, yeah. If you mm-hmm. could sit behind Darnold for a year or two um, and kind of do the Patrick Mahomes. Now, I don't think he'll be Patrick Mahomes, but he only played one season in college. Like, I think it's – and he played at the FCS level. It's, it's, it's almost insane to think that guy could go top 10 and then just play week one. You know what I mean? Yeah, you figure you have the Eagles sitting at 12 who have said over and over again that Jalen is not guaranteed the starting job. I think they'd be crazy, but if Trey Lance is still left on the board, they could very easily take him and sit him behind Jalen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So from a guy that has kind of shot up the draft board since the end of the season to a guy that's fallen down, um, I think the pre-draft like system is kind of an odyssey. Um, You go from the end of the season looking at film, to like the pro days and usually the combine and stuff like that. You look at 40 times and shuttle times and hand speed and pro day passes and shorts and stuff like that. And nobody I think has suffered more than Justin Fields. Like the end of the year, it was like, we all knew. And that's why we're not talking about him a ton. Cause there's no point to Trevor Lawrence is number one. I mean, that guy is going number one mm-hmm. overall and there's no thought about it. But at the end of the year, it was Justin Fields too, which now like, like Chris Sims has him as 32nd overall. Like 
I yeah, which is crazy. I just I don't believe that. I don't think he falls past fifteen if he's falling that far. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting is that there wasn't a combine this year, so we're judging all of these guys off of their pro days or their own individual workout videos of them working out with whatever stud. NFL player that's no longer in the league. Um, and we don't have really a, a quote unquote fair comparison in a, you know, in a little bubble where they're all doing the exact same thing with the exact same time tester and everything else. Um, Cause somebody, somehow everybody's running like a four, two this year. So um, I think it's, it's nobody is being compared the same way either. Um, and I would agree. Yes. That's definitely hurt Justin Fields. Cause he could have gone literally toe-to-toe with Trevor or with Trey or with whoever at the combine and he didn't get the shot. So, yeah, Yeah, I think it's funny. I do think it's funny too, that all these dudes are running really fast 40 times and it's not a original thought that they're, they've shortened down the 40 yard dash to be like 38 yards or 39 yards. So they're going a little faster. Um, Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's the fastest they've ever been this year. It's very, very interesting. It is interesting. So I don't know how, I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, I, I mean, honestly, even though he's an Ohio State guy, I like Justin Fields. Um, I think he's good. I watched him make big throw after big throw in big game, playing in, you know, big competition in the Big Ten. I'm using the word big a ton. Um, I mean, you figure you have the Patriots sitting at 15 without even trading up. If mm-hmm. Justin somehow falls that far, I think Bill Belichick takes him right there. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. I don't think he would let him let him pass. I'm I'm interested to see too, uh, kind of off of off of um, fields because it's kind of in the same vein. vein. Is Mac Jones? He, Mac Jones is a guy I'm really big on. I really I think Mac Jones is kind of underrated. Personally. I just I I, I worry about um, the 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 number one thing I worry about is the same like Tua thing where like Tua was throwing to Waddle and Rugs and Devonte Adams and who's the other guy I'm forgetting. Yeah, Tua was throwing to a future pro bowlers. Yeah, like multiple first round picks. Um, and so you you worry if it's the talent around him or if it's actually him. So I kind of worry about that with Mac Jones. But I think that in the right system, he'll be fine. I agree with you. I, I, I don't think he's as underrated anymore. Um, but I think, I think... I think the advantage of Mac Jones, it goes back to the... Um, the argument of who he played against, like mm-hmm. Alabama playing against good competition just about every week. And then they always get to the playoffs, at least in recent history. Um, so they're consistently playing against, you know, other, some of the other biggest schools in the, in the country, in the playoffs. Um, and Mac Jones showed up just about every week. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I, again, I think competition matters. I think who you play matters. Uh, and in, in college going into the draft um, because big players make big time plays and big time games. You know what I mean? And, and if you've been on the big stage before you are, I feel like definitely more prepared than mm-hmm. just playing at BYU. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was a ricochet shot. We didn't mean to get you that, that hard Zach Wilson. Sorry, Zach. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, getting off the quarterbacks because uh, quarterbacks have been like a big thing. Um, it, it seems like, Jacksonville quarterback, uh, Jets quarterback, and then we're looking at San Francisco, probably quarterback. We just don't know which one. And then Atlanta goes four. 
say Atlanta doesn't trade out, which I don't expect them to, and they don't go quarterback as well. It's no, looking... apparently I saw today Atlanta has not gotten any offers for the fourth pick that they like. No, I don't think they will. I mean, when's when's the next time as a GM and as an owner you think you're actually going to be drafting for? Um, you know, because you always expect to be drafting. Well, in and the 20s. who's who? Everybody who's going to be draft wanting to trade up is going to be like the Patriots at 15. You want to move back nine holes or what is that? 11 whole spots. That's a lot. That's a long time moving back. Yeah. And it just depends. And I don't think bill would give up the compensation for that. I don't think that any other team that wants to come into, come into that fourth pick is going to give up the com- compensation for it. But it looks like that fourth pick is probably going to be Kyle Pitts, um, tight end from which, Florida, which I think is the right pick. I think so too. Uh, he's insane. I think he made Kyle Trask look a lot better than Kyle Trask is this year because he's so insane. Um, and we, oh, seen- and I think, I think in any other draft that we didn't have three teams needing quarterback in the top three, I think Kyle would be two or three, which is insane because he's I don't tight think end. he would fall to four. Yeah. It's insane. He's, he's almost like that Gronkowski, like, yeah, he old. is, he is already what like Kittle and Kelsey and Gronk mm-hmm. have been, they have formed the new generation of tight end and he is already he already fills that mold somehow. Yeah, he's like the blocking, but it can also catch. If you put a safety on him, he's a nightmare um, kind of guy, but he can also block a linebacker. Uh, so, but it looks like that's four. And I, in my opinion, I don't think the draft really starts till five with the Bengals. Um, I think when five, when the Bengals pick, that's when the decisions start to come into play. Um, because it's up in the air whether if he's still available, if Atlanta doesn't take him, if Penny Sewell is there, um, or if Jamar Chase from LSU is there. Uh, Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle uh, who sat out this year, um, highly regarded as a could be a, a Hall of Fame talent at that left tackle spot um, from Oregon, uh, or Jamar Chase who also sat out this year, uh, wide receiver from LSU. Uh, my question to you is what what do you think the best pick is for the Bengals at that spot? If those are the two guys they're thinking about going after. Uh, well, the sexy pick is Jamar Chase because you already have Joe Burrow throwing to him. Um, they already are friends. They already know each other. I mean, how can you get better than Joe Burrow's already his, his guy? But I think the necessary pick, considering Joe Burrow is coming off an injury, is Sewell from Oregon because you need to fill, you need to fill that slot. And I think the Colts have been a perfect example of why having a good O-line makes all the difference. Um, You can have a, you don't have to have an all-star QB if you have an all-star O-line. You have, you give time to to let your QB make decisions that he might not already have um, with better guys protecting him. Yeah, I I agree. I'm big on Sewell, um, as you know. Uh, There's something just so satisfying about watching a really good offensive lineman just murder you, people. Nothing gets you going like a good O-line video. Oh my God, I love good offensive linemen. I mean, you brought you brought up the Colts. Quentin Nelson is just... Al can attest. This was the first year. Did not get off on a tangent. It's 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 fun to have a, uh, a guess, but is, is Red Zone Channel the best thing that's ever happened? Oh, we love Red Zone Channel. Two TVs, Red Zone Channel. You don't need anything else. Oh my gosh. And now we have B, we have B barking in the background. That's okay. Um, that's okay. He may bark the rest of the time, everybody, but we're just going to ignore him. He's our old pug. Uh, but, yeah, Red Zone Channel is awesome. And then when they just randomly show a Colts highlight with Quentin Nelson just absolutely destroying somebody, maybe maybe my favorite part of the day. 
because uh, he's so good. But yes, I I agree. I think I think Penne is the pick right there. I, I, not to take away from Jamar, um, because playing devil's advocate a bit, Jamar Chase was on the same team not last year but the year before with Justin Jefferson, who absolutely took the league over this year um, at, at in uh, Minnesota. So, like, this guy's no slouch. Like, Justin Jefferson was playing second fiddle to Jamar Chase. Kid's pretty good. Um, but we just, like, I, I, I just think that you're right. With Joe, a guy like Joe Burrow being your quarterback, you, you, you kind of have to take the protection moving forward. Feel the need, yeah. especially in such a wide receiver deep draft. Like, you really, you want, you want Joe's guy, but, I mean, the only other like top O lineman is that is the guy from Northwestern and he's probably not going to make it out of the first round. So you're taking the chance with the Bengals next pick at 38. You're going to be taking the best available O lineman O lineman versus one of the two top O linemen. So I guess it just depends on what you want first. Mm-hmm. So kind of switching gears uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Allie has – you have favorite teams, but you really like players a lot more, which lead you to have favorite teams. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that's true. Yeah. Uh, you're a big player. You know what you remind me of? You remind me of uh, Rob Lowe with the NFL hat on. Oh, uh, uh, that is a classic hat. Yes, that's you. You just you just like NFL. Um, not that you don't like teams, but, you know, again – uh, and, and one of the teams that, uh, I, I know are very fond in your heart are the new Orleans saints. Um, yes, because of, we can take a moment of silence for him. Drew Brees. Um, RIP in peace. He didn't pass away. Everybody. He just retired. He's going to spend more time with his family. Um, all he posts on Instagram now are pictures of his kids. Yeah. He, I bet his kids are going to get so annoyed with him here after a bit. Yeah, I'm sure his wife will want him to go back soon. <laughs> Fall's going to hit, and they're going to be like, Dad, why are you not uh, – shouldn't you be on TV? What's going on here? This is really strange. Yeah, we don't like you, we don't like you here on Sundays. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, he's going to be doing Notre Dame games, though, which is just perfect that they get a Purdue guy to do Notre Dame games, which – whatever. Him I and Doug Flutie. Him, him and Doug Flutie. It would be amazing. Just two color commentators, him and Doug Flutie hating on Notre Dame the whole time would literally make my Saturdays. Um, but the, the reason that I kind of wanted to segue into this is I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, moving on from Drew Brees, it looks like Taysom Hill is going to be their guy. Uh, Sean Payton loves, loves Taysom Hill, uh, gave him a a four year contract extension. That's really kind of like two years. Um, so what? What do you think uh, they do this year? Right now, Todd McShay has them taking uh, the wide receiver from Minnesota, um, Rashad Bateman, um, who's really but, good. I mean, he's- which is interesting though, because I just saw today that Green Bay is really high on Rashad Bateman, and Green Bay is sitting at twenty nine, and New Orleans is sitting at twenty twenty eight. So that I think that's an interesting uh, pick Todd has them taking because. Um, they're going right before Green Bay, and rumor has it that's who Green Bay wants. So, um, but yeah, I mean, where do you where do you go from here? Obviously, you have your quarter. You're not drafting a quarterback at 28, even if um, you know, even if you were were high on Taysom, we're high on Jameis. You're gonna roll with them at least for this year. 
Um, you just signed Jameis to another year. So um, you, you attack the run game. Do you attack in the air? I mean, you still have Michael Thomas. You still have Alvin Kamara. I mean, where do you, where do you even go from here? Do you beef up your defense instead? Um, do you beef up your O-line? Because, you know, Taysom needs a little more, Taysom might need a little more time. Um, I think I did see though with Taysom that he has, he came out and said, oh, I've always been working out and, you know, preparing for games as a Swiss army knife. And now I'm just preparing for games as the quarterback. So he is going into his workouts differently. Um, he's going into training camp differently. Um, so I think that is definitely an interesting, uh, interesting point on who wins the, the QB battle down there because he's preparing differently than he ever has. Yeah, you brought up a good. You almost took the words right out of my mouth, out, which is why, which is why we work so well together, isn't that right? Uh, mm-hmm. Um, is I think that their pick depends on what I think their pick's going to tell us a lot. Um, if they think right now Taysom is the guy, why wouldn't you go with maybe a a, a top tight end, whatever guy is after pick? They do I, need tight end help. Jared Cook cost them the season last year, and they let him go. Yeah, as so, they should. I don't know if you go with the next tight end or you try. Yeah. I don't know if you stretch for another tight end. Cause I think it's pits and then everybody, I else. think it's pits. Yeah. And then a very large gap until probably the second or third round. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're getting like a, a, a Michael Mayer this year from Notre Dame or anything like that coming out. Um, but it, I think if they go wide receiver, see, that's tough though, because you could get a wide receiver and, and still play Jameis as, the passing guy. Um, but if they take like a lineman or something, that may make us think they're going to, to do that more run heavy scheme. But you, almost- I don't know. I, I think you have new Orleans taking Rashad Bateman is as many questions as green Bay taking Rashad Bateman at 29, because you have the same thing of like, okay, what weapons do does Aaron Rodgers need? Like they've never had a star stud guy for him before. Um, so are you going for the stud running back? Are you going for the stud wide receiver? Like, are you going for alignment instead to just protect Aaron Moore? I think, I think both picks definitely don't really answer any questions, but just, you know, open more doors for more questions. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I I really want to see what they do because, you know, we'll get to the Steelers here in a second, but as a Steelers fan, you don't really, when you get a franchise guy, you can look at. The Chargers, you can look at the Steelers, you can look at the Giants, you can look at any anybody that has had a franchise guy. The, the Patriots have a franchise quarterback for a long time, and then he leaves. What's the next step? Like you can say, and the Patriots really struggled with that last year. Yeah, like you. Can they didn't know. They didn't know who up. they were without Tom Brady. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if the Saints know who they are without Drew. Exactly. Like you think, like okay, we have this next guy up. This is the guy that's going to do it for us. Um. And and if if uh, the 49ers take a quarterback, there's no saying that Jimmy G isn't out there for somebody. Like I think yeah, he's rumor kind of has on it a bit- rumor has it they're trying to shop him, but nobody like either nobody wants him or nobody's giving it what you know what they want for him. Yeah, and I know he's on a big contract, so wouldn't it be so apropos if if he goes back to the Patriots for cheap? Because I thought that was going to happen months ago, and I even told you that, but it did not happen. So yeah. I'm glad we didn't say it on on tape all those months ago. <laughs> Yeah, we can. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that that would be funny if that actually goes through. But um, I guess the longer you wait, the cheaper you can get them, right? True. And what? And the moment they draft a quarterback, his value drops big time. 
uh, his value drops big, big time. Uh, so I think that that'll be interesting to see if anybody goes after him. I just I, I'm always fascinated to see what these top these top um, teams with guys that have been the quarterback for so long do. Like, do you address the quarterback right away? Do you feel like the guy that you've been sitting behind him is the guy? Because, you know, it's easy to say Aaron Rodgers and the Packers did it perfectly. How often... With with Brett. Yeah, but how often do you get a guy that's Brett Favre and then are lucky enough to draft a guy like Aaron Rodgers? Like, it just doesn't I mean, it's like like the Chiefs sitting Patrick Mahomes and then Patrick Mahomes turned out to be Patrick Mahomes. Like, what are the odds of that? So it's crazy. I just, I don't... It's it's so hard to pick, and and again, we're recording this on Wednesday, so when it comes out on Friday, I may listen back to this and be like, "Man, we were just so off." Because it we always might have seems to take it way. down. What's up? We might have to take it down because it was so bad. Yeah, I might. I might just never post it. It might. That's just fair. Be, I'll just post. I'll just post like a five minute like, "Hey, we were gonna post about the draft," uh, but we but were we so, were so bad. We, we were just so bad. Tell we would have gotten canceled. Said. Yeah, uh, Joe, please don't cancel me two weeks in. That would really suck. Um, but uh, so I, I just I think it's interesting. I think the Saints are an interesting th- interesting one to look at. And and I already mentioned and I alluded to them. Um, the Steelers. Uh, I kind of want to go off go off on the, you know, off the top here. Um, because is it fair to say that this house on Sundays kind of lives and dies by how the Steelers go? Yes, I would say because of you. No, I, I was not going to say because of because of the collective house. I was going to say the mood of the house is really dictated on how the Steelers play on Sundays in the fall. Um, yeah, that's fair. Because it's so stupid. I, I Like, when you're sitting outside of it, and I'm like, I get so upset when they lose for some stupid reason. And then when they lose, I just can't stop myself. You know what I mean? Um, so, so what, you want, you want to see who they're going to take at 24? Because I want them to take. Najee. Yeah, I think Najee's the guy. I leading up to it, I thought it would be dumb to not take some kind of offensive lineman help. You just have Marcus Gilbert who retired, of course, Marquise Pouncey who retired, Alejandro Villanueva's out there, um, kind of floating around. They have signed, no, but nobody's no nobody signed him yet. Yeah, so I don't know. He may come back for cheap. Um, if the Steelers want to have him back, I'm not sure how that's going to work for them. Uh, but. You have you have like these guys. They have signed some dudes. They signed whoever was the sixth man lineman for the for the Bucks. I forget his name. Um, I mean, I guess it, unless that guy from Northwestern is still there at twenty four, or like Micah Parsons is somehow still there at twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, unless somebody falls like stupid amount, Kyle Pitts or something crazy, mm-hmm. we got to take Najee at twenty four. Yeah, I think Najee's the guy, especially because the last couple of years. We've we've thought James Carner was going to be the guy, uh, and he just hasn't been. And then you go. And now out he's and, a cardinal. Yeah, and now he's a cardinal. Um, which I'm not. I was not. I think you had sent me that, and I was like, that brings no emotion to me. I was not sad whatsoever. No, and I guess I mean if Najee goes and Etn is still there, I think Etn is just as good. Um, ultimately, as a pickup, mm-hmm. I think they're both they're both professionals already. They're both you know mature on the field, handle the ball well, played on the big stage. They both know what they're doing. Um, I think Najee's the sexier pick, but if he's gone, I'd be okay with ETN. Yeah, me too. I think that it, because it's so, and, and we'll, uh, again, it's 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 so deep offensively this year, especially with the offensive linemen. 
that like we may be able to stretch and get a guy in the second round, whether it's uh, uh, the Leatherwood guy from Alabama, whether it's that Creed Humphreys guy from Oklahoma that plays center. Like, we're going to have to address it at some point. But Yeah, and early. No yes. later than third round. Yeah, but you don't get a guy like Najee every, every you know, draft year. I mean, the guy is insanely, insanely good. I watched him jump a guy. Or a, ch- or a chance to draft him since we're almost always drafting in the last 10, 12. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that this year is a year that you stretch to kind of get a quarterback. I mean, we, the, the Steelers just, this, I don't think it's any surprise. This is probably going to be Ben's last year. Um, we've seen what we can get from Mason Rudolph, which is not a lot. Um, we have Joshua Dobbs, which I think that he, we did already, did already resign him, but I think we definitely have Dobbs. He might be a cut casualty. I don't know if we'll keep him around because I think that, they're in. They're enthralled with Dwayne Haskins. The fact they can get him for a year uh, and have him sit. Um, and, and honestly, I think that they probably roll with Dwayne Haskins next year if Ben's gone. Um, I think that that's the guy. Yeah, I think as long as as long as Dwayne Haskins can stay out of trouble and keep his nose clean, I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, he's a former first round pick that you have signed as a at the minimum. Yeah. So I mean, you got him for nothing. You didn't have to trade any picks, like late picks for him or anything. So. I think you got to roll with him and give him the chance unless he, before he even gets the chance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. So, but it, it's, I think that they have him on the one year, like you said, the minimum, they probably re-sign him for another one year minimum and see how he does next year when they have him. Um, but I think that's, that's an interesting pick for the Steelers. I, The only reason I would be upset is if they go something like, cornerback or wide receiver wide receiver or God, we don't need any more wide receivers we've signed three in the offseason yeah i think we're good and we just re-signed juju for another year um i i I think this no i yeah we need to not go corner we don't draft corners well no and 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 the the need that Najee fixes is he's a power runner i mean catch out of the back. No, you're right. I was just gonna say our our running game is is easily our biggest weakness besides our wide receivers dropping passes. Yeah, but the draft is not gonna fix our wide receivers catching. So no, no. Um, and and so I think that he's a guy that you can split out of the backfield too. Like you can motion him out, and he becomes another wide receiver because he can run routes well and is that strong and powerful and good and as a mismatch and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's interesting to see. Uh, I I mean I. I uh, I I don't know, I don't know, I I don't know how to look at this draft for the Steelers. I really don't. I we have so many needs that I'm just not. Yeah, but it's interesting that we don't need a wide receiver in the year where it's like there's a first round wide receiver that's probably going to fall to like the fifth or a first round caliber wide receiver that's probably going to fall to the fifth round. I mean, the one year we don't need any wide receivers is the year that the draft is like deeper than ever. Yeah, I was going to ask. Do you think this is the deepest wide receiver class ever? I mean, they say that every year, but. That is it true. is. It does seem especially deep this year. It's the same with the all the top QBs. It's like every year these are the best QBs we've ever seen, and every year these are the deepest. You know, you're gonna have a fifth round pick, no problem. You can still get a first round caliber wide receiver. But I, I think, don't know. You, I mean, you have some guys like uh, Rondale Moore out of Purdue, and even Bateman falling to you know 29 at the Packers. I mean, that's pretty late for a guy mm-hmm. who. A quality, quality wide receiver who's played, you know, played in the Big Ten. Um, so I mean, you could definitely, if you need, if you're the Jets and you're looking at 
you have, you know, you're drafting a QB at two, and then you also have the 23rd pick, you could still take a wide receiver there. And then the Jets pick again at 34. So, I mean, you can fill a lot of needs, a lot of wide receiver needs this year late. Yeah, I've heard a lot of stuff, too, about that. I didn't watch a ton of him, but I know that Elijah Moore kid from uh, Ole Miss is pretty good, too. He's like the consensus number four guy behind Chase Waddle and, and Devontae Smith. But um, I think it's funny. Uh, last year, we got uh, we got the two wide receivers from Alabama. It was Ruggs and um, Judy. Judy that both went in the first round. It was like the first time since like the 60s that it ever happened. Two guys from the same school went in the first round. And it's going to happen again this year with Waddle and Smith mm-hmm. that are both from Alabama again. Like, they, they just – they. But, but where is wide receiver U? Is it Alabama or is it LSU? Uh, it's, it's got – at this point, it's got to, the, the narrative's got to flip to Alabama. It has to. Um, yeah, but you have Justin Jefferson who just blew up the league last year, unlike Ruggs and Judy. Yeah. I think we're going to have to see – because Waddle is super, super impressive. I watched him a ton, and – Every game I watched him, I was like, okay, this is the best wide receiver on the field right now. Um, and then when he went out and was hurt, we saw what Devontae Smith could do, and I was like, this guy is insane. I mean, Devontae Smith, he is just charismatic. He's like, a, he's like a, I don't know, like a Disney story out there or something. Mm-hmm. Like, he's undersized, skinny, doesn't weigh enough. Like, you know, smaller than all of his, everybody guarding him, and he still, every time, would get the ball. Yeah. And get um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that translates to the next level with, you know, not only are the guys bigger than him, but they're also, you know, significantly bigger than him and faster. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be yeah. interesting to see. I, I mean, I hope he can do it. Yeah. Uh, and he's not going to have tough Borland out there guarding him like he did in the national title game. Um, yeah. Not- and he's, and he's playing against, you know, corners who've been in the league a couple years so Mm -hmm. they've been around the block and and also guarded you know the michael thomas and Mm -hmm. the antonio browns and you know everybody else and not not to say that he can't do it but it'll be interesting to say i I hope he can me too me too of of all the guys unless he's a raven and then i do not hope he can no god no i i hope whoever they draft is yeah it is a bust i hope their draft pick gets forfeited yeah me too um so, yeah, so tons of wide receivers. Um, we've talked about the quarterbacks already. We've talked about some of these offensive tackles. Uh, you know, um, what's his name from from Northwestern? Uh, why is his name escaping me, Al? Um, I don't remember what it is either. Uh, it'll come to me here in a second. Oh, well, uh, we won't cut this. Um, I need everybody to see my faults. I'm just – this is a this is a meathead podcast for meathead fans. Um, and this happens sometimes for people that have meat brains. Uh, but I, I, we, we see all this offensive talent. Um, and I guess what I kind of want to end with is this, Al. Do you think that not we, but like the league and the fans and everything have become a little bit more obsessed with drafting for offense high each year than drafting for defense or is this just a one-off thing? Because in some years you get these legit pass rushers, you know, the offensive key is the quarterback, right? That's the guy you need to get. Well, the guy that pressures the quarterback is the edge rusher. So the kind of the yin and yang is if you're going to 
not take a good quarterback and you need a good defensive player, you get a good edge rusher. You get a you get a TJ Watt. You get um, you know some of these other guys that can come off the edge, uh, you know, really well. But is that kind of shifting to we just really only care about offense and then we'll just try to score more points? Do you think that's just a one-off year thing? I think offense is just offense is cooler. Everybody wants to be offense. Everybody wants to be the person, you know, scoring and doing the touchdown dance and making it to the top 10. Like offense is just the the cooler side of the ball, even when you're in little league. Um, So I think that's just, everybody focuses more on that. Um, But I think the Super Bowl was a perfect example of why defense, I mean, the statement defense wins championships. I mean, the Bucks defense destroyed the chiefs over and over again. Um, what Patrick Mahomes set a record for like the most rushing yards in a Super Bowl by a quarterback or something because he was scrambling all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know you can't you can't forget about defense and maybe this draft just happens to be offense heavy. Um, but you have like Micah Parsons who could probably be a top five pick if somebody needed him to be, um, who's you know may not even be taken in the top ten, um, and he's you know probably the best linebacker in the draft. Um, and I also saw, which I thought was interesting was Asante Samuel jr. Who is a corner, but his dad, Asante Samuel senior was a wide receiver, um, told him when he was a kid, Hey, everybody wants to be a wide receiver. You need to be a corner. You need to be defense. Like that's what will get you to that level. And now he is going to be drafted as a corner. Like even though his dad was a wide receiver in the league, he told his son, no, go be defense. Like that nobody wants to be defense, go be defense. You'll get, you'll get seen more. You'll get looked at. Um, so I think, you know, I think offense is, is the sexier picks. I mean, you're not, if you're playing fantasy football, you are not, you're drafting a defense as a whole. You're not going out there to draft TJ Watt. You're drafting, you know, the wide receivers and the running backs and, you know, all the stud Derek Henry's. Um, but you're not, you don't care about the defensive players as much as just a, as a fan. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why the wide receivers or the offense as a whole get a lot more looks than yeah. defenders. I think it's interesting. I, I want to see how the next couple of years go with, with, you know, how, how we look at, cause we're always going to look at quarterbacks. I mean, next year there's going to be a new cop of four quarterbacks that it's like, all oh, these guys could be the next face of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy is better than Trevor Lawrence already. Yeah. And, and one, and it may be one guy, it might be one guy that stays with a team for the long run. Um, because we've seen over time that the quarterback position has a higher chance of being a bust than all the rest Turnover. of Turnover, yeah. Well, yeah. and you look at Carson Wentz's draft year, none of those QBs or none of those guys or whatever are still on the same team. So Yeah, so, but I think it's interesting when you look at the mocks, and again, I look at the mocks a little bit just to see like kind of what the guys are saying, but it never ends up turning out the way that they think it's going to turn out. No, GMs always just switch it up and or take some outlandish guy at like like Daniel Jones was a perfect example. Like nobody had him going at six. Mm-hmm. The Giants had the 18th pick that year. They could have taken him at 18. Mm-hmm. They took him at six anyway. It screwed up everybody's mock. Yeah. So it's but I want to see kind of I've looked at the mocks and it's it's been a lot of quarterback, offensive lineman, wide receiver. You're gonna get like a cornerback here and they're like Patrick Sertan from from Alabama. Um, you meant you mentioned a Micah Parsons and um, some of these other top like corners and safeties and stuff going in the top, you know, teens to 20s. Uh, but for the most part, we're looking at a top 10, top 15 that are 13, 12 to 13 of them are offensive players. Um, 
Which is great if you're in the bottom 15 and need a defender. Yeah, true. So uh, I, I, I think that's interesting. I want to see how it goes. Uh, I, I think that um, it will be interesting to see kind of how the defensive chips fall. And I think it may be a case where if you're a team, like you mentioned, in the back 15 that do need a defensive player, and but you're on the fence about a couple and then one guy gets taken, we almost see the same thing with quarterbacks where, like, once one team reaches for a guy, then we start to see him fall in, like, dominoes. We saw it with mm-hmm. the wide receivers last year. I was going to say, yeah, that was my example, too, is that was the whole argument of, Judy and Ruggs and uh, everybody with the top wide receivers, it was like, oh, once we don't know who will be first, but once one of them goes, the rest of them will go kind of thing. So any of them are worth going first, but, you know, we don't know who's going to take who win kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll, I think once we see like Parsons go, we'll see Okamara or Okawara. I never say his name right from Notre Dame go soon after if you need a pass rusher. Um, And you'll see. I mean, if he's still on the board for us at, 24 we gotta take him but yeah i mean sorry it's, Najee. yeah i don't think he'll board at 24 but no i and i don't think Najee or etn will fall again to us in the second round but i just i don't think that i don't think so either so we'll we'll see I, I, it should be fun again we may be totally off and and we may never make a show together again al because we are just we no, we'll probably have to re-record this after the draft tomorrow to make it sound like we were <laughs> I, right. I, 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 I legitimately almost thought about doing it Thursday night, but the draft is so long that we're going to be asleep way before. I mean, I'll stay up for the first round, but that's it. It's not going to end until like 1130, bro. I know. <sighs> Ambitious. That's ambitious alley for you right I w- there. I will not stay up for the first round. No. We'll get to the Steeler pick and then be like, all right, let's uh it's time, time to, to go it down. Yep. Everything like that. So speaking well, of that, if they didn't have so much filler in the draft, it wouldn't I take know. so long. Okay. And if and if teams didn't take all 10 minutes. Like, yeah, you don't need to use up the whole clock time. You know, the Jags are gonna take like nine and a half, and they know they're taking Trevor. What yeah, are you doing? Just do it. Same, same with same with the Jets. Um, let's get this on. Like, let's get yeah, it over just, with. Get just take out. it. Go. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the suspense. It makes for good TV. I know. I know. And they got to get their commercials in. You know that. Well. Um, but anyway, speaking of that, uh, Allie, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. It was an honor to be here. I know. The first guest ever. You will forever be the first guest. Unless uh, you record this tomorrow. Yes, true. I, I, I really just got you on and never recorded it. And then tomorrow it'll just be me going. Over yeah, it. that's all right. I'll take all your good points. Yeah, um, and create and uh, present them as your own. Exactly. Uh, but Al, thank you so much. Uh, I really, I really do appreciate it. But uh, let's go ahead and get the dogs out and uh, start winding this down. What do you say? Sounds like a plan. See you next week, everybody. All right. See everybody next week. Thank you again so much. Remember to go ahead and give us a rating, give us a review, kind of leave a comment and all that kind of stuff. It really does go a long way. Thank you so much again for listening. Uh, to the Marcus show bro presented by the broken anchor next week. We're going to continue on with some football, but kind of change gears into college football. So make sure you're checking that out with us uh, and all that. All right. Thank you, everybody.